Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. God bless you this evening. Welcome to another broadcast from Christian Faith Fellowship Church here in Zion. Let's get ready for the word of God. Praise his holy name. Well, how y'all doing this evening? Y'all doing good. All right. Stand on your feet. And give God a praise. If you would, even at home, give him a praise. He is worthy at all times to be praised. Get your Bible. God bless you. Or your electronic device and turn with me to Psalm 37, verse 23. We're going to continue our series on the way of the warrior. Psalm, <clears throat> Psalm 37, 23. And let's read. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Let's pray together. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, in your name, under your word, by your spirit. Increase yourself in us as we hear, receive, and by faith walk in your word. I thank you for the anointing required to manifest your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless your heart. You may be seated. Bless to all of you that come out tonight. So, uh, again, this is part two of the series, The Way of the Warrior. So we determined already that the definition of a good man here in this particular verse means a strong man or a warrior. A strong man. The steps of a strong man are ordered ordered, which means God directs their path. He, establish, he establishes their journey. If you want God to establish your path, if you want God to strengthen you on your journey, then you need to understand he does that for warriors, those that go to battle in his name, those that go to battle to build the kingdom of God. Every kingdom, every kingdom is established through warfare. Every kingdom is established through warfare. So if we're going to say that we're going to build God's kingdom, then God will establish and strengthen us to do that. And this is what this scripture means. So the steps, the goings, the way, the doings of a warrior are established by God. We also determine that warriors are warriors because they are experienced in battle. Warriors are experienced in battles. They don't, <laughs> they don't play at war. They wage war. One of the things I think, I think we said it last time, last Wednesday was, one of the things I believe that we need to understand more than ever today is that Christianity, well, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. American Christianity is not country club Christianity. I think some of us have been led to believe that American Christianity is country club Christianity, which means you get saved and everything's going to be perfect. God's going to keep blessing you. Everything, you're not going to have any problems. You're just going to be blessing all the way, all the way, all the way to heaven. And, and that's not reality. And, and I, I hate to burst somebody's bubble with that, but, but true biblical Christianity is warfare. We go from one battle to the next. 
Now, I know that may not make you feel good either because you just came out of a battle. But you get a respite. You get some time to recuperate. But make no mistake about it. You're going to go back into another battle because there's still more territory to win, more souls to win. There's still more kingdom of God to build. So we go from one warfare to another. That's what makes us warriors. We are experienced at war. The good thing about it, the good thing about it should be as we get older, as we walk with the Lord, we should know how to get victory quicker. Somebody can say amen on that one. So, again, a warrior is a soldier who wages war. Uh, They're experienced in battle because, again, they're devoted to kingdom building. We're devoted to kingdom building. So we don't run from fights. We don't run from spiritual battles. Because we know what's at stake. So we know how to remain engaged in conflict. My God. Because we're convinced we're doing the right thing. So. We talked about four things that I believe we need to understand about the way of the warrior. Number one was who is my opponent or who is our enemy? Number two, what training is needed? Number three, what are the rules of engagement? And number four, what's the reward? What do we get? Uh, The King James Bible uses this term, this phrase, spoils of victory. There are spoils of victory from every battle you win, every war we win. So these are things we need to understand. Now, I did say, I did say, and I admit I said it, that I was going to go, I was not going to go through these systematically. Well, my logical, linear thinking mind would not let me do that. So I'm going to talk tonight about, from number one, who is our enemy? Who is our opponent? So Proverbs 24, 6 reads, for by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war. By wise counsel, Solomon says, we make war. How do we know who our opponent is? Through counsel, through wise counsel. Um. You know, I'm old school. I remember the old school fight game when they had fight promoters and it was the promoter that got the next fight for Ali. I'm going to whoop you. He may wanted to whoop somebody over here, but he had to fight this guy first. So he had to have his promoter tell him, no, you can't fight. I know you want to rip his head off. And I'm sounding kind of, you know, I'm no kind of aggressive, but he, he says, no, you need to fight this person first because it'll help you in your rankings or whatever the case may be or make more money. It's the same thing in our spiritual warfare in the kingdom. We need wise counsel before we make war. Why? Simply put, you cannot afford, we cannot afford to waste our resources. So we need to know who to fight when so we know what what resources to use when we fight. So this is what the proverbial writer says in Proverbs 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel thou shalt make war, and in the multitude of counselors there's safety. So there's safety in getting counsel to know who to go to war against, 
to know who our opponent is, to be able to accurately identify who the enemy is. Because truth be told, the enemy is not always clearly seen. And sometimes we need help identifying who the real enemy is. Look at somebody say, I ain't your enemy. So you can just mark me off. Just mark me off. So, again, Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever lived, says before we go to war, we need counsel. Who are we fighting? What are we fighting for? We need counsel. So the next question is obvious. Who is your counselor? Who is your counselor? Who's giving you counsel to wage war? Let's back up even a little bit further. Who, who in your life is the one that keeps making you upset? You know, you can have somebody in your life that has intentionally got you upset over something on your job that you shouldn't be upset over. It's a distraction. You mad at the wrong folk. You sending emails to the wrong people. You cussing out in your own mind, the wrong people. Who is your counselor? Who is the one that's stirring you up to go to battle? It might not be the right person. Who's giving you advice while you're fighting? The Apostle Paul gives Timothy advice on spiritual warfare. He tells Timothy, listen very carefully. He tells Timothy to flee youthful lusts. Now think about what he said. Flee youthful lusts. Notice Paul didn't tell Timothy to fight him. There's some things you don't fight. You flee from. Write it down. You wasting bullets. Walk away from that. And you win. That's a drop the mic moment right there. There's some things we don't fight. Walk away from. This, this is why we need this kind of teaching, because we're spending too much energy in the wrong place. You don't fight that. You walk away from that. This is the counsel. This is the advice that Paul gives his spiritual son, Timothy. He never tells him to fight youthful lusts, jealousy, evil speaking, and suspicious thinking people. He never tells him to fight those people. Walk away from them. Paul tells Timothy not to focus on the world. There's another one for you. Don't focus on the world. Don't get entangled in the things of this life. <laughs> I could say a few things, but I don't want to distract you, make you think I'm on one side or the other of a particular worldly event. Talk about entanglements. <laughs> 
Paul tells his spiritual son, don't let the world get you caught up and entangled in its foolishness. Why are you on your job arguing about a worldly event? Or if J-Lo and Ben going to stay together? Or Rayana and the Super Bowl? I mean, these, these, these are entanglements. And this is what Paul is advising Timothy. Stay away from the things in this world that will get you tangled up to the point you can't even fight the real fight. You, you, you all messed up over something. Then they get, you, you can't even impact or change at all. Well, I just want Kardashian to get back with uh, whoever. See, these are things you need to walk away from because they're preventing you from being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is not our problem. People are not our primary focus. And the things that people do. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. But against principalities. But against principalities. What are principalities? We're going to spend the rest of our time talking about that. And we're going to go home. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight is against principalities. I'm giving you counsel right now by telling you who your enemy is. Your enemy, our enemy is principalities. Write this down. What is a principality? The word principality in the Greek is the Greek word arche, A-R-C-H-E, arche. It's another word where in English it's arch, arc. It means chief, first, at the beginning. Principalities are supernatural beings or entities that were in the beginning given authority. They are the first spirits given authority in the kingdom, in the universe. They are first, arche. Hmm. They being first then are at the highest level because most things that are first in, in, in time are first in rank. So principalities are first in time and rank. They are spirits that are first in time and in rank. So they are at the highest levels of spiritual authority that influence countries, Regions, territories, and everything else beyond. They have that far-reaching ability of influence. They are first chief, chief spirits, chief demons. They are first. <laughs> they were there in the beginning 
They're the ones God gave authority to first. Here's the definition, or here's where it's explained more accurately in Deuteronomy 32, verses 8 and 9. When the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. This is connected to what I was teaching Sunday about being special to God. This is why Israel is special to God. Israel is the Lord's portion. God chose Israel to be the people he would govern. All the other families of the earth, he put principalities over them. All the other families of the earth, God put principalities over them to govern them, to rule them, to teach and instruct them. He only chose Israel for himself. That's why Israel is special. That's why God, when he brought them out of 430 years of Egypt, the first thing he did was take them to Mount Sinai and teach them his law. You're my people. I'm going to teach you how to please me and how to live on this planet. All the other peoples of the earth had other had principalities that became rebellious. They became demons and taught people everything else but God's way. So this began after or because of Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel, when God scattered all the families of the earth, when everybody used to have one language, they were scattered. And so God put angels, principalities, divine beings. The Hebrew word is Elohim. Elohim is a plural word for divine. Many people thought it meant, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Sometimes it can mean that, but most of the time it means divine ones. So God put the Elohim over the nations of the world and eventually chose Israel for himself after he scattered everybody after the Tower of Babel. So these Elohim, these divine ones, these first rulers, these RK were supposed to teach what God wanted them to teach mankind. But we can see they did not. They rebelled and taught man what they wanted and had man worshiping them. This is where false gods come from. So now we get to Proverbs, excuse me, Psalms, rather, uh, chapter 82, beginning at verse number one. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the what? The gods, the Elohim. He's judging among all of the RK, all of the, the first rulers, principalities that he put over mankind. And he's like, what does he say? How, verse two. How long will you judge unjustly? I didn't tell you to do this. I didn't teach you this. And accept the persons of the wicked. He says, defend the poor and the fathers, do justice to the afflicted and the needy, deliver the poor and the needy, rid them of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in on darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Verse six, I have said ye are gods. This is what God has said. I've said you Elohim 
And all of you are children of the most, but you're all my children. Verse seven, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of ordinary princes. You're first spiritually, but you're going to fall like a human prince. You're going to die just like a man. Verse eight, arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. As we move to the book of Daniel, moving quickly, we can un- see Daniel uncovering principalities and powers actions. Or not powers, but principalities. Haven't got the powers yet. So Daniel tells us in the 10th chapter, uh, he'd been praying and fasting for answers as to why Israel was even in captivity in Babylon under Persian rule. Why are we here? What did we do to get here? (laughs) Jesus. And so an angel appears to Daniel and tells him what's happening in Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. Then he said to me, and actually the angel is Gabriel. We're talking a little bit more about him in a minute. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you did set your heart to understand. Daniel wants to understand why we messed up like this. And chasing yourself before God, your words were heard and I am come for your words. <laughs> Verse 13. But the prince, the principality of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. Daniel is praying and fasting and Gabriel, an archangel, there that word arch is, a principality, a first, a chief angel, appears to Daniel and said, Dan, the first day you start praying, you got our attention. I tried to come to you, but a, a principality was hindering me. The prince of Persia, this is not the prince in human form. This is the principality of the nation of Persia. Didn't want me to come to you. He withstood me. 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the what it, chief princes, another archangel, a principal, Michael, the chief prince. Now, let, let's, 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 let me slow down and say this to you. Michael is the good angel, the good principality that's uh, in favor of Israel and God's people. So Gabriel says, I'm trying to bring you your answer, Daniel, but I get intercepted and fought by a principality from Persia. But Michael comes and helps me. Somebody say we're talking about spiritual warfare. You and I need to understand when we pray that angels carry our prayers, our prayers are heard, our our prayers are carried out. God sends angels to carry out our prayers. And then if they need help, other angels come and help them. Just like if you need help down here, you should be able to get a brother or sister to help you. The same thing happens in the realm of the spirit. You may not know it, but tell your neighbor, don't you dare stop praying. This is spiritual warfare. He says, Michael, one of the chief princes, archangel, hear that word again, archangel, came to help me. 
and I remain there with the kings of Persia. Verse 14. Now I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. So the angel Gabriel came to give Daniel revelation of the time he lives in and the future. Lift your hands right where you're seated. God, give us revelation of the times that we live in. Let us be as the children of Issachar that are wise and understood the times in which we live. God, send angels to help us to receive the information and revelation and impartations that we will need in this hour and the seasons to come that we might wage war successfully in your name. Don't let us walk around and be ignorant of spiritual things when we have the ability to wage war and open up the heavenlies and allow the angels of God to bring us information revelation and impartation that we might know what will befall us in the latter days. Oh, my God. So again, the angel Gabriel tells Daniel what Daniel wants to know. Daniel wants to know why are my people, why am I and my people in this condition? He wants to know what's really going on. So I, let me just tell you straight, if you want to really know what's really going on, you ain't going to find it on CNN, Fox News or any news outlet. You got to know how to get in the realm of the spirit. Knowing what's really going on is a part of spiritual warfare. Because if you don't know what's really going on, you're being deceived. So then Michael brings and helps Daniel get his breakthrough. He goes on to say, <laughs> um, where am I at? Here we go. Here we go. First number 10. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 20. Then said he, knowest thou wherefore I've come to thee? This is Gabriel still talking to Daniel. And he says, and now I will return. Listen carefully. The angel says, I will return and fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. What is he saying? Gabriel is saying after Alexander the Great defeats Persia, Greece is going to be the world power. Then I'm going to have to fight the principality of Greece. What is he saying? You understand history. You know how history went. You know the main kingdoms of the world. They're listed, in fact, in Daniel. What we're being told is Michael, Gabriel, God's archangels, God's principalities always have to fight the world's principalities to protect God's people. He fought the principality of Persia to protect God's people from Persia. Next comes Greece. They fight the prince of Greece to protect God's people from the Grecian people that want to destroy them because every kingdom of man wants to destroy God's people. So then, hmm, makes you wonder, there must be then a principality over America. Hmm, 
That means there must be a principality of America that wants to destroy the church. But the church got help from Michael just like Israel got help from Michael. So this kind of change your prayers, get us out of them nursery rhyme prayers. Lord, my little toe hurt, heal it right now, my ear too. Jesus name, amen. He said, Gabriel, that when I get done fighting the prince of Persia, I got to fight the prince of Greece. Because I'm going to always fight for God's people. That's my job. So we need to pray prayers that keep our angels fighting properly. Amen. It was Daniel's prayers that activated God's angelic princes. It was Daniel's prayers that activated the principality of Gabriel and Michael to help fight for God's people, to bring Daniel revelation and understanding. We got to pray prayers that activate angels. <coughs> Somebody say amen. Yeah. Write it down. We got to pray prayers that get angels involved in the real fight. We've got to pray prayers that get angels to bring us revelation of the times that we live in. Because, again, every nation has a principality over it. Spiritual forces that control what many today or have been for a while call the seven mountains. Got different names for them. But every nation has a principality over it. Forces that control politics, education, technology, business, entertainment, religion, etc. There are spirits that control those aspects of our culture. And if you are in any of them and you have to be a part of one of them, you're fighting a spiritual battle that you need to be aware of. They don't want the kingdom. They don't want the word of God. They don't want God's ways mixed in with their ways. So if you bring God's way, just know you'll get, you're going to get fought. That's spiritual warfare. Paul, again, back in Ephesians 6 says, I get ready to close, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That word wrestle there means to grapple. Grappling is close contact, physical contact, in fact. Grappling is not boxing. It's not Creed three. Grappling is wrestling where you get grabbed. They're reaching for you, trying to grab an area of your body to take control of you and wrap you up and render you powerless. This is what the enemy is trying to do. That's why you can't give him any place, any space. Some of y'all too close to the devil. Oh, man. Some of y'all too close to the enemy. He can grab you and wrestle you down, put you in a headlock like in, I grew up back in the day say, uncle. Some of y'all remember that. The enemy wants to wrestle you. He wants to get in close with you. He don't want to box you. He wants to wrestle you. 
grab you, hold you down, pin you down, and stop all your movement and your advancement. You can't get and let the devil get close. You can't let demons get close. Don't be in the car with folk doing fentanyl and smoking crack. You're too close. There's some things you can't get. Like, what did Paul say? Flee. Somebody say flee. flee. Say it like flee. flee. That's, a rough, that's a word of deliverance right there for somebody. Flee. When the car stops, get out and run. You don't know where you are. That's right. Just keep some change on you. <laughs> it's better that you walk home. Or call your friend. You need to flee. So Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, a good wrestler, a good wrestler can take control of your whole body. Pin you down, you can't move. I used to wrestle in high school a little bit. A good wrestler can, can pin you down and you cannot move. And this is what the enemy wants to do to, to, to many of the saints. He wants to render you immobilized. And there's nothing that makes a person feel more helpless than when somebody is holding you down and you can't move. So the enemy wants you to feel helpless and hopeless. This is part of his spiritual warfare. These are his tactics. And you got to break free from everything that's holding you down. Somebody say amen. So then you need to know what is trying to control you. What's trying to control you this very moment, this very time, this very season in your life? What's trying to control you? That's not God. You need to fight it. Are you really aware of the spiritual forces around you that's trying to control how you think? What you do, how you act, what you say? They love to do that on your job. <laughs> the world loves to do that. Well, you know, we can't say we've got to use these new pronouns now. That's control. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. Spiritual influences on people. Is the problem. Do you realize all it takes is one word to control a person? It don't take much. All it takes is one word to control a person. Even a city, a nation. All it takes is one word. John chapter one or first John, first John, rather first John four one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try spirits. Whether they be of God, try a spirit, try a spirit. A spirit is breath, words. Try what they're saying. Oh, you oh, oh you said that. Let me see if you really, you know, like these folks that get up there on the board. So I just want to thank God. Well, let me try you. What God are you talking about? Don't believe them right away. Oh, they just, I just love them. They love God. They said they love God. Try the spirit. 
See the whether there's of God, because many false speaking people, prophets, are gone out into the world. People can say anything out their mouth. When I grew up, we used to have to say, that's your mouth saying that. John says warriors should not believe, respect, or put their trust in every speaking spirit. You want to know how you want to know how we can just honestly believe that mankind is gullible. I know we don't like to think that about ourselves, but but there's just one way. You, it just it's just obvious. Look at all the dumb commercials. They spend millions of dollars doing that dumb stuff because it works. It works. And, and, and notice most commercials and, and, and the world does it. And now even some in the church do it now. Uh, when they finish, they say, buy it now. <laughs> Why do they say that? Because a lot of folk will because somebody he said, buy it. So if we're that gullible, what is the devil got you believing? What is what the demons got you doing? Let's do this. OK, they said, let's do it. This is all spiritual warfare, my brother, my sister. My last thing to say, and we're going to go home. One of <laughs> Satan's primary tactics in spiritual warfare against the church is interrupting our communication. You know, I guess we got some ex-military. You, 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 we know communication is vital. If you're going to win a war, you can't you, you got to be able to get your orders from the generals and joint chiefs. And you got to be able to tell, tell you where your, your sea rations are. Your food's over there. It's 10 clicks. You, what? What? You're going to starve. Your, your ammo's over there. 15 clicks. You got to be able to get that information clearly. And it's the same thing in the church or with the church. This is why the enemy likes to mess up our communication so we don't advance. So we got to learn how to talk. And speak the truth in love. We've got to make sure we're talking to each other straight up, honestly, and for real. It's quiet. Because the enemy is after our communication. And so the older I've gotten as a pastor, I'm making sure, no, this is exactly how we want you to say this. This is exactly how we're going to present this. Because communication is key for advancement. Write that down. In your marriage, don't let the devil get you to the place where you stop communicating effectively and just say, oh, well, I said it once. I ain't saying it no more. Communicate. Because where there's a lack of communication, there will always be a lack of advancement, lack of growth. Jesus says in Luke 8, 18, take heed, therefore, how you hear. Be, be, be mindful of how you're listening to people. Don't be one of those people thinking about what you're going to say while people are talking to you. Because you're not really listening. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. We can't follow Jesus if we don't hear him. 
Or we're listening to the devil and he's, we think we're following Jesus. We're listening to demons and we think we're following Jesus. Stand on your feet, please. The way of a warrior is making sure you're not confused about who your enemy is. The way of the warrior is making sure you're shooting bullets at the right entity, the right opponent. Making sure you're praying the right kind of prayers that give you revelation, information, and illuminate your life so you're not confused. Bow your heads, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for making us soldiers, able, ready, effective soldiers that can bring resolution. Hallelujah. I pray that you make some supernatural special forces in this church. Prayer warriors that know how to pray and get a breakthrough. Pray and rescue people from the clutches of the grappling demons that would grab a hold and hold people down and hold them hostage and hold them tight. God, make our prayers more precise that the principalities that Michael and Gabriel and angels that are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those that are heirs of salvation, that they would help us bring to pass what you want us to do and be in this region. Father, let our prayers be more focused and let them be more effective, God, when we release them so that the results that you want, that the results that you desire will manifest in this place in this region, in this state, in this country, for your glory. Help us wage warfare properly. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching and if you're in the building and you're not saved, everyone bow your head one more time, please. And you're not saved, just pray this prayer after me. Yeah. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for my sin. I don't want to be held down, held back, pinned down by the devil or any demon or principality. Set me free, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. Set my mind free, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. Cause me to know why you created me. Cause me like Daniel to know the season I'm living in and be prepared for the future that's coming. I thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer, saving my soul, renewing my mind and setting me free. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I am no longer property of any demon, any evil spirit, any principality or power, but I belong to you and you are filling me now with your spirit, your knowledge, your word and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.